Welcome back, y'all, to episode 175 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. As for the future of Afghanistan and Pakistan, it is uncertain and complex. The ongoing conflict in Afghanistan and the persistence of the Taliban continues to impose a significant challenge to the country's stability and development. The Taliban resurgence within the last year has led to an increase of violence and insecurity. And the group continues to control large parts of the country. And additionally, the emerging of ISIS or ISIL in Afghanistan has added another layer of complexity to the conflict. In Pakistan, the economic crisis, as well as the ongoing policies and security challenges, have made it less attractive for the impact or the need for foreign investment. Additionally, the, inter, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, leans to Pakistan, comes with a set of conditions that the government will need to meet, which may challenge the impact. The IMF is one of the key international actors in providing financial assistance to both the Pakistan and Afghanistan governments. However, there's other contributors happening within these regions. China, too, is also making a play. Within the, with using the One Belt, One Road initiative, a large amount of Chinese investors have entered Afghanistan since 2022, looking for rare earth minerals, identifying potential new investments, as well as working within the confines of the country to bring more Chinese to Afghanistan, opening up a gold rush, if you will, the Chinese people within Afghanistan. It's difficult to predict the future and the outcome of this region, but it's likely to depend on a number of factors, including the ability of the government of the Afghan and Pakistan to address the economic security challenges as the key factors, as well as the IMF and China influence. Today within this podcast, we are going to discuss these issues, kind of going into a deep dive within what's going on within Pakistan, Afghanistan, and the potential outcome. But let's get into it. Pakistan is currently really um, looking at a potential collapse within the economy. It's believed that they only have enough money for the next three weeks to sustain the nation. This is a compound. This is a compounded problem that has really is surgence within the last two decades. Pakistan has been founded for about seventy years. And this could potentially be the disfracturing of the country. The infrastructure is really taking a hit. Within the last four months, there was a blackout that resulted in 220 million people not having power. There's also been a lot of amount of droughts and floods, and roughly 1,700 people were killed as a result of these floods in Pakistan. With these ongoing issues within the economy, as well as what's going on from a security standpoint. The TTP, or the Taliban, 
the Taliban located in northern Pakistan is also surging currently with roughly around 7,000 troops. Now, when you look at the three goals of this group, you have to understand that they are focusing on bringing Sharia law back to Pakistan. They want to overthrow the Pakistani government, and they only want to attack Pakistani forces. They have even gone on to threaten the president as he is currently facing this economic challenge. So when you look at Pakistan, the future is very uncertain, and the Taliban is looking to be a pretty strong force if the economy fails and it's a failed state similar to Sri Lanka. Now, when we look at all of this, Pakistan is looking to the IMF Monetary Fund for help for an investment of $1 billion. The IMF kind of focuses on how they can come in and help these countries when other banks find that it is too risky to invest in them. Now, some people believe the IMF have a spotty history of identifying good investments and actually having them pay off. If we look at some cases, there's a lot of hesitancy within Ecuador. But if we look at um, if we look at Serbia, there is a recent positive success where they had investment in proving to provide insecurity and stability within the country. IMF is used in this way. And it's the last resort for the Pakistani president and the government to get some investment in order to maintain the country. They are facing, if you will, a parallel of where they will be. You know, will Pakistan even be a country? We don't know. But what we do know is that there's economic crises happening within this country. The ruble has dropped to be about 13, even more the dollar is 13% more than the ruble um, and the, the, the economy is slowly shrinking up there. Um, and the IMF is potentially one of the last lifelines. So if they can keep them going and afloat to maintain, it could potentially stop the country from collapsing. But when we look at the security threats, we have to understand that Taliban plays a vital role also in contributing to it you know, with the 7,000 troops within the last 2022 to 2023, there's been roughly about 600 Pakistani security forces killed as a result of conflict. Now, whenever you look at these regions, in a lot of ways, potentially, you know, what you have to understand is there's a lot of tribalism between northern Pakistan and Afghanistan. There's similarities within the Pashto, etc. When we look at Afghanistan currently, we have to understand that the Taliban has been in power for the last year. And as a result of that power, there's been a lot of issues um, and there's been a lot of security problems with ISIS even coming in and posing a threat for Taliban. So the Taliban is trying to create governance within the country at the same time that Pakistan is potentially warding off an economic collapse, potentially a failed state. So whenever this information is kind of being observed, it's good. It's always good to understand that within these countries, because a lot of them are built on tribalism, a power vacuum is always a part of the process. Now, the fear of Pakistan in a lot of ways is the fact that they have nukes, they could be failed. You know, is there a way that the Taliban could take over? Obviously, this is just a rough analysis of what could potentially occur just on what we've seen 
happened in Afghanistan with the Taliban taking over and how the Taliban forces potentially want to go over and, and potentially northern I'm using a lot of potential, just to give you an idea. So we can kind of see what happens in the next few weeks or the next few months of, of, of the potential security problems of Pakistan. Now, another point that's come in or another key factor is the influence of China within these regions. Pakistan and China share a border on Afghanistan. I mean, I'm sorry, on Xinjiang. Xinjiang t touches, I think, roughly 22 different countries. It's a really interesting region. And they're trying to build the One Belt, One Road initiative road to the Gwadar port to help them kind of give them a backdoor to other resources and access away from the Pacific. So strategically, China's really interested within this region. The next point is how many um, Chinese entrepreneurs have gone to Afghanistan to work and invest. And it's really showing how hard it is. I mean, it's really interesting to see so many Chinese people going there within the last two years. And they're investing in everything. You had one Chinese man who, I think he had a painting company within China, very successful. He went and he created a hotel within Kabul, spent about half a million dollars with, with the idea of bringing in more Chinese tourists. You know, he thought he could turn a profit within two years, really build kind of a, a mecca, if you will, of Chinese culture within Kabul. Well, as a result of this risk, and around December of last year, this hotel was under attack by ISIS. ISIS, I think, killed roughly eight people, created a bomb, burned it out. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a FU to the Taliban for running the country because there is conflict between the two nations and China was caught in the middle. Now, this is probably one of the first public Chinese attacks we've seen where the ISIS is, is going after them. And they're going after them because they know there's a part of the economic structure kind of coming in and trying to be rebuilt through China. China's, a lot of Chinese entrepreneurs are going there. And the Taliban actually attacked these ISIS um, insurgents and killed a fair amount of these people who attacked the Chinese within Afghanistan. So we're looking at such a different world now. You know, we think about Afghanistan prior to the 70s, where it was known as like kind of like the golden era of Afghanistan, and then you look at the war within the Soviet Union and everything that's going on. And now China is trying to come in and really use their spending power to build spending power to build more of a economic center of it and utilize those minerals within northern Afghanistan. And a lot of people believe that it could be a potential potential point for investment. So are we going to see this kind of strange world where the Chinese government or the Chinese investors are investing in the Taliban, providing them money that is then going to be used for money to fight and be utilized for the northern Taliban as they stride against jihad against the Pakistani government when they are currently facing an economic crisis. Now, I'm just kind of showing this as points of indicator of how this area right now is really being influenced in a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of different players as a result of it. And there's a lot of different indicators that could potentially create this kind of environment.
So it's going to be really interesting to see how they all are going to contribute to one another because it's going to be felt, especially whenever there's so much, there's such, there's been such a decrease in the economy and there's people who are really, really poor, you know, and it's like, you look at different things about Pakistan. Pakistan is the fifth largest exporter of mangoes in the whole world. And their crop has been completely destroyed by the floods, the droughts, etc. So there's whole groups of people who are losing their jobs. And whenever you kind of see this this environment of of potential violence, maybe that the Taliban could create. And if they are being funded by the Afghani Taliban government, there's lots of amount of money coming in, or even a little bit, there could potentially be something that happens, you know, and I do think if we get this weird situation where the Pakistani government falls, the Taliban comes in, Afghanistan is ruled by Taliban, are we going to see a Afghani, Paki, Taliban state where they both are creating a caliphate and, and really trying to hold ground and create governance? I mean, I think that if we ever did see that, it could potentially be now or maybe not. You know, this is just something that's kind of I've I've always thought about as a result of doing research, but now with the recent weeks of this economic crisis within Pakistan, and you're seeing, you know, the Taliban take over within Afghanistan, you know, who knows? You know, a lot of indirect and, and proxy wars being fought based on what could happen. You know, and with the rupee against the US dollar, there's a lot of people who are concerned within Pakistan. There's a lot of vendors. There's a lot of individuals who are seeing their money get smaller and smaller and smaller as a result of the Pakistani government not managing the best economic state. So I really say that with kind of the thought of, will we see the Afghanistani government be more stable than the Pakistani government? Um, And how can that play and interact with each other? So. Those are kind of the thoughts of the week. You know, I, I really want to see what happens within the next month. And if, if this potential theory or these thoughts could come true, or if it's just more of a thought experiment, me thinking about how countries indicate, how countries impact each other, how money impacts each other, and how larger nation states investors can impact these countries, and how the Chinese are really going hard to invest within this region. So that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening to this show. I know it was a lot of information, but I appreciate all the support. I appreciate you guys listening, and we'll get back with you tomorrow.